The big push was in 2009, 2010 with the Neo-Neapolitan and the wood fires. I feel that ran its course for about three to four years and nothing was really happening. It was wood fire joint after wood fire joint. In 2014, 2015, myself, John Darsky from Del Popolo opened up his brick and mortar. Josie Baker opened up the mill and is doing pizza there. And we're all doing this natural leaven, long ferment, wet dough. Right now in uh, 2020, what I'd really like to see is people doing stuff that's different. A Bay Area native dives deep into the San Francisco pizza scene, emerging an entrepreneur making his own style a hybrid between classic New York slices and the long fermentation and attention to small producers you're more likely to find in an artisan joint. The story behind Long Bridge Pizza, straight ahead. I need a deep dish sausage and a thin pepperoni for here. This is Pizza City, the podcast dedicated to the art, craft, and passion behind some of the world's greatest pizzas. I'm Steve Dolinsky, author of Pizza City USA and founder of Pizza City USA Tours in Chicago. And welcome to the show, everybody. Great to have you along with us this week again for another edition here at Pizza City. Um, we are moving to the West Coast once again, We're kind of going back and forth, Midwest, West Coast, uh, the last couple of weeks because, as I've mentioned on earlier shows, I did a bunch of recording right before the lockdowns in mid-March. I was in San Francisco the first week of March, and I talked to a bunch of people out there and really got a sense for the, the pizza scene in San Francisco. And I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, talked to Slice of SF out there, talked to a lot of, you know, obviously Tony Gemignani, um, and people like Neil Denardi, who I was really happy, and, and Slice of SF actually connected me to Neil, um, so thank you, sir, and um, his, his partner, Andrew Markoulis. But Neil uh, is an interesting story because he grew up in the Bay Area, had really worked his way up the local pizza chain. Um, a lot of guys will say, you know, I, I worked in pizza as a kid, or I worked in, a, in one pizza place and I went out on my own. Well, Neil really dove in because he had all kinds of other jobs going on, but he fell in love with uh, the, the style of pizza that Pizza Hacker was doing. And you'll hear about Pizza Hacker today. He essentially, he hacked a, a Weber grill and turned it into a pizza oven. And he started working with him at his pop-ups. And then he worked at Tony's, which is kind of the Valhalla of, of pizzerias, certainly on the West Coast, if not in the country. Um, and also worked with Del Popolo and, and doing pop-ups and just immersing himself in any way he could, which is what you need to do to learn the business, right? This is really a great little success story and how he's opened up in the Dogpatch neighborhood, which is kind of an interesting neighborhood to south of downtown, which you're going to hear about today as well. So I swung by the shop around lunchtime. Uh, there was already a steady stream of customers waiting to place their orders. Um, and we started off, as we do every show, with his first pizza memory. Neil Denardi, thanks for taking some time out of your lunch break to uh, chat with us. Yeah, thanks for coming in, Steve. So, first pizza memory for you. As you're wearing a Giants hat, I'm going to guess it's going to be somewhere near the Bay Area. Yeah, so I grew up about 12 miles south of here in South San Francisco. Um, my first pizza memory, as bad as this sounds, would probably be making pizza at home with that Boboli pizza that you buy from uh, Safeway. Totally remember Boboli. <laughs> so, you know, it has that real bad sauce. It's pretty much um, tomato paste with the worst mozzarella ever. 
and this massive crust, um, putting it in the oven, getting it out, and you know, eating it with the family at nighttime. Growing up south of San Francisco, do you, did you come into the city for pizza? Was it like chain pizzas for you, otherwise outside of the house? Like what were you having as like a kid or a teenager? As a kid, there's a really good place um, in the suburb two miles down from me called Toto's Pizza. It was probably the best pizza on the peninsula for about 20 years. Um, a thicker crust, a little heavier cheese, but they gave you a nice balance with the mushrooms or the pepperoni or whatever you, you were ordering. It was a pretty solid pizza f- um, during that time. So what, uh, how did you get into this business? You, I, I imagine you were not working in pizzerias and said, I'm gonna open a pizzeria one day. Long story short, in 2009, I graduated college. That summer, I went to go coach a baseball, a youth baseball team I'm from my hometown in Cooperstown, New York. After I coached the tournament, I wanted to hop around the different um, cities and check out all the professional baseball stadiums. When I was in New York, checking out the Yankee Stadium in New City Field, I go on um, TripAdvisor, all right, what should I do while I'm not at the stadium? The number one thing to do in New York was go on this pizza tour. Sounds great, I like pizza, go on a pizza tour, you're in New York, great. Was it Scott's Pizza Tours? It was Scott's Pizza Tour. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we get there, a short guy with glasses, and this guy is so enthusiastic and passionate about pizza. It was like nothing I had ever seen before. Yeah, I mean, no joke. If you haven't been to on one of Scott's tours in New York, you should go. Even if he's not leading it, his tour leaders are pretty amazing. I remember I had pizza with him once in the Lower East Side, and he knew the age and the origin of the bricks in the oven, which was impressive. Yeah, the amount of knowledge that that guy has is unparalleled. So after the tour, I told Scott, you know, I'm from San Francisco Bay Area. He gave me a list of pizzerias to go check out once I got back. So Telling you the local where to go in your town for pizza. That's how much knowledge Scott has. I mean, so I go through his list, check out all the pizzerias. They're great. One of them that really stood out to me was this guy called Pizza Hacker. It wasn't a brick and mortar. It was a pop-up. He has this Franken-Weber Um, grill that he converted into a wood oven. So you have your Weber grill, he poured cement and made it into a wood oven and he would pop up on the streets, um, on the sidewalks of San Francisco at nighttime. I went to one of his events and I tasted his pizza and it was like nothing I had tasted previously. I ate at 20, 30 pizzerias in the Bay Area. He really had something special. I start showing up to Pizza Hacker events. I'm borderline stalking the guy. Um, I see him when he shows up. I help him, pulls up in a zip car. I ask him, hey, can I help you with the ice chest? You need someone to cashier? I just pretty much said, hey, I'll work for free. Once he discovered that I had a truck and he wouldn't have to rent a zip car anymore, he's like, pretty much, you're hired. So I was working construction during the day with my dad and doing Pizza Hacker pop-ups at nighttime. I needed to get a job in a restaurant. So I, I um, went on Craigslist, I saw Tony's Pizza in North Beach was hiring. I had some decent pizza, pizza experience with Jeff, but no restaurant experience. Tony brought me on, and now during the daytime I'm working at Tony's Pizza, and at nighttime I'm doing pop-ups with Jeff. Jeff introduced me to John Darsky about the same time that year, and he was building out this massive pizza truck. The first incarnation, should you say, of the Del Popolo before he got his brick and mortar. It's so interesting, by the way, to hear you talk about all these places because I know I'm on the right track because in the short time I've been in San Francisco, I've been to the Pizza Hacker, I'm about to go to Tony's after I see you, and I've been to Del Popolo. So, okay, so you you meet John from Del Popolo. 
Yeah, so I meet John from Del Popolo. I get on this truck. So now I'm working with him and Tony. Um, at this point, I'm making pizza about 12 hours a day. I mean, you can't get any more San Francisco pizza than, than this at this point, working with these guys. Tony, obviously, he was the one who really brought it to San Francisco in 2008, 2009. Artisan, craft pizza, he brought it out. In, but he uh, does like 10 styles of pizza, doesn't he? He's got like eight ovens. He does. He, he does a little bit. He does everything, and he does everything really well. During this time, I was baking a lot of bread at home. I got the Tartine um, bread book, and I was reading through that, and a lot of the techniques we use here come from that. You know, time and temperature is pretty much baking, right? Controlling fermentation. I'd be feeding all my family, aunts, uncles, everyone. I'm bringing bread over, testing it, learning my starter, leavens. Um, what would you major in college? In college, I majored in political science and... So putting it to good use at least. All right, so you're baking uh, bread for everybody? Yeah, so we're baking bread for everyone. 2013, I'm like, you know what? I see what it takes to go into this business. I'm going to make the leap and do it. I contacted my high school uh, friend and my college roommate, Andrew Markoulis, who's now my business partner. I said, hey, think about opening a pizzeria. Um, at the time, he was in D.C., with his girlfriend cooking, and then he had moved to Lake Tahoe, and he was also cooking in restaurants there. We were always the only guys in college who would actually cook a meal, right? We were always interested in food. So he's like, you know what, I'll move down. It took us about eight to 12 months to find a space, build it out, and 2014, February, we opened here. Okay, so Dog Patch is kind of on the east side of San Francisco, kind of right by the water, yeah? Yeah, so we're in the, you'd call it the, southeast part of town. Um, we're right here um, by the bay. Named for an old wooden bridge that used to go across here? Long Bridge is named after the old causeway that used to connect Hunter's Point to down, uh, downtown. Before Mission Bay was filled in, it was a bay, so it was a wooden causeway that used to connect it. Dog Patch is actually named after um, Butchertown is to the south of us. So what they say is they butcher all their meat, throw the scraps out here, and there'd be wild dogs everywhere eating all the scraps. So that's one of the stories of how Dog Patch uh, came about. What we're doing here is 12-inch pizzas and 18-inch pizzas. We wanted to create a community atmosphere where people could come, take their kids, have a good time. New York style would be the closest that um, you could compare ours to. But with a natural, all-natural starter. Yeah, so we grew our starter here while during construction. It took us about two weeks, and um, all of our pies are natural leaven. Um, one you of, wild yeast from Dog Patch? Yeah, yeah exactly. So we um, mixed some flour and water, let it sit in the dark for two weeks, wiped off the mold, and we got some Dog Patch yeast that's ready to make some pizza. Very cool. We're gonna, I'm going to taste this pizza in a second. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and keep talking with Neil about uh, what's going on here at Long Bridge. And then we're going to also preview some scenes from our next show coming up in two weeks. So stay with us. Finding the perfect ingredients for your pizza takes time. I've seen guys wrestle over everything from flour and tomatoes to sausage and pepperoni. And of course, cheese. Selecting a cheese that'll perform the way your pizzeria needs it to is of utmost importance. Baccio cheese is an exceptional Italian pizza cheese made with a secret, a kiss of buffalo milk. Made with high quality, grade A milk, it goes from cow to cheese in just 48 hours. It melts, reheats beautifully, and stretches to give you those insta-worthy cheese pulls. Ronnie Kashoba is the co-owner of Crushed Pizzeria on Chicago's north side. They use the diced whole milk cheese for easy measuring. And Baccio melts smoother 
and it's like creamier. We're using whole milk just because of the flavor. We feel like it's a richer flavor. It doesn't burn as fast as some of the other cheeses. It doesn't brown, it stays creamy. It's a great cheese. And that pizza is delicious. I posted some beautiful cheese pulls on my Instagram, really nice crust, great balance. Cheese doesn't burn either. It works like a charm every time. Baccio has just the right amount of creamy richness you'd find in the best Italian melting cheeses. They guarantee quality and offer cash back for every pound of cheese you buy with their Baccio Gold Club program. So here's the deal, pizza pros. Schedule a demo to try Baccio cheese today at no cost. Just go to BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA. That's BaccioCheese.com slash PizzaCityUSA to learn more about your new pizza cheese. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We're talking with Neil Denardi here, co-owner of Longbridge Pizza in the Dog Patch section of San Francisco. Um, you just brought a pizza out here. It's definitely New York style in terms of its size. And it's got this really beautiful sort of even sort of uh, mottling charring underneath the pie and the undercarriage. Um, and you did a half pepperoni and a half margarita for me, just so I could see a couple things here. You're using an all-natural starter. The wild yeast from this area took you a couple weeks to make it. So you're feeding this starter every day with flour and water? Yeah, so we feed it about three times a day. 100% hydration, 50% um, white to wheat flour. We think it gives it an extra depth of flavor, and um, it really works well for what we're trying to do here. Okay, so two, three days of fermentation in cold? Two-day minimum. We really think that our pizza is really peaking at the third day. Um, we do a bulk ferment um, in our kitchen at room temp for about three to four hours. Then we portion it, throw it in the walk-in for 48 uh, to 72 hours, ideally. And then um, I saw the guy stretching it on the big wooden peels. And then we go tomato sauce. Depending on what cheese we're using on the margarita, we use a combination of um, the loaf cheese that we cube and fresh mozzarella ovalini. So the majority is the cubes, but then we scatter in some fresh mozzarella for creaminess. Go back to the sauce for a second. What kind of tomatoes? Uh, Stanislaus Alta Cucina. That's a good one. Okay, then the cheese and then... Um, I guess toppings. Um, tell me about this pepperoni. So the pepperoni is a natural casing, a cup and char Swiss American. Um, it's pretty thin. It gets a slight burn around the edges that we like, and it's got a little kick. You know, in Chicago, well, Chicago is an anomaly because, as you probably know, pepperoni is the most popular topping in America, with the exception of Chicago, where it's that bulk sausage pinched and pressed so that the fat renders on the pies. What's the most popular topping here in San Francisco? Well, our number one topping, people like their combination pizzas. It's the mushroom, the sausage, and uh, we use sopressata, but that'd be the salami. That's the one that we sell the most of. Um, and to you, is sausage, is it raw bulk sausage, or is it pre-cooked links that are sliced into coins? So we do raw bulk sausage. We actually get from a French butcher um, who's in our building on the other side of uh, on the other side of the building. They get whole hogs. Um, half carcasses, they butcher them down, and we get really fresh and nice. That sounds very artisan in terms of a pizza approach, using the local butcher like that. What about, um, the other half is the margarita, so it's the, the sauce, the cheese you described, and then you also grate it on a cheese, it looks like, and then there's fresh basil. The basil pre-bake, hit it with a little olive oil, some salt, it comes out, all of our pies get finished with pecorino romano. Oh, everything does? Everything. Okay. Um, do you, so you never do like any dried oregano in anything? So we do a pinch of oregano on our cheese, our pepperoni, and our Kalamata olive and garlic, which would be 
um, our version of a marinara pie. So you were telling me earlier that you, your thought for this or your wish for this pizza would be foldable, yeah. like a New York slice, a little bit greasy too. That's a plus for you. Yeah, you know what? For the pepperoni, I wanted it to be that greasy pepperoni slice. When people dollop it with a napkin, that means that we're accomplishing what it is that we want. We wanted the cheese and the sauce to come together with the oil from the pepperoni and really create this greasy, magical, just classic pepperoni slice. Now, in terms of baking, I saw back there you've got a special oven. Um, they're electric ovens? Yeah, so we're using a Capone electric oven from Italy. Um, we're baking at about 660 for about four minutes. That's a quick bake. For the style that we wanted, with how we prep our ingredients, how we cut our cheese, um, how we pick our sausage, we do it all for a reason that it's going to come together within four minutes. Now, there's some debate in the pizza world about baking on screens, which are round, really finely meshed screens. And if you bake direct, if you stretch a pizza on a screen, as I know there are some places that do that to cheat, and then they, they bake it in the in the oven on the screen, you will get these little markings, these sort of fish scales, as we call them, on the undercarriage. Um, most people will agree you want to launch the pizza directly into the oven so that it bakes initially on that stone deck. How do you guys work with screens? Every pizza fired goes straight onto the deck. Depending on how busy surface has been and how long a pizza has um, or hasn't been in the oven, we may need to throw a screen under it for maybe the last minute of the bake because the bottom is done and we're just waiting for everything on the top to come together. But everything's fired on the stone. When we're really grooving on a Friday night, there's no screens used. We're popping them in, um, stone baked the whole time and getting them out. Tell me about the scene in San Francisco. Um, I've spent a couple of days here. I've, got, I've really had a good chance to see some interesting pizzerias, and you've got several styles here. Um, but is there, a, is there a San Francisco style of pizza, or is, there a, is San Francisco having a pizza moment now, or has there always been this much pizza here? I'm really liking the scene in San Francisco right now. The big push was in 2009, 2010, with the Neo-Neapolitan and the wood fires. I feel that ran its course for about three to four years and nothing was really happening. It was wood fire joint after wood fire joint. And the original flour and water, for example. Exactly, flour and water, A16, Tony's, great places, but everyone was kind of doing the same thing. So in 2014, 2015, myself, John Darsky from Del Popolo opened up his brick and mortar. Jeff Krupman from Pizza Hacker opened up his brick and mortar, Josie Baker, opened up the mill and is doing pizza there. And we're all doing this natural leaven, um, long ferment, wet dough. And I feel that gave San Francisco a little push right now in uh, 2020. What I'd really like to see is people doing stuff that's different. One of the things is John Luca from Montesacro is doing pizza. So this is a whole different thing where it's a very wet dough with uh, soy or rice flour, kind of an oval shape. It's supposed to be easier to digest. It's uh, popular in Rome. I love to see people doing different stuff. The second you get complacent, things just aren't fun. And pizza has to be fun. That's the point of it. And when I see people testing things and thinking outside the box and out of their comfort zone, that motivates me to get out of my comfort zone and do something fun and do something special. And just seeing everyone working off of each other and motivating each other. The community is great here in San Francisco. The pizza scene, people are really friendly to each other. Um, it's not very big. 
and seven by seven seven by seven um i'll throw the east bay in there too there's a lot of great pizza out there but amelia's i heard about in oakland so keith is the man that my him and jeff are probably the people i look up to most when it comes to pizza um he's doing a really great thing over there he was a little ahead of his time he was doing the natural fermentation before all of us i think and uh we've worked with each other i helped del popolo um, at Outside Lands, it'd be the Lollapalooza of San Francisco. I'd work on this truck even when I had this place for four hours in a shift. Keith would be there stretching, I'd be topping, John would be on the oven. And it's just, a, you know, a testament of, you know what, we're all friends here. We like to help each other out. We like to BS with each other. We go into each other's shops, you know, how's it going? And it doesn't seem like there's, like now everybody's not doing one style, so you can get a couple of Detroit styles here, Square Pie Guys, Cellar Maker. You could, uh, have you seen Roman, besides the pizza, have you seen like a Roman Altaglio or a Roman Tavern? That's a little different style. I've been seeing that around Chicago too. Yeah, so I actually just had a Roman in Berkeley a, a few months ago. It was really good. It was the Altaglio. They're cutting it weighing it out and it was really nice you know they bake them off then they top them really nice nice air to it you know some semolina on the bottom just like bunchy bunchy's doing that as well yeah i've heard great things about that he's in your town now gotta come to chicago or miami or new orleans okay um all right last question we ask everybody on the show the same thing here uh knowing what you know now which is quite a bit about pizza what would you tell yourself in 20 12 2013 right before you open up your own pizzeria about how to be successful figure it out what i want to do what's going to be my role with this company and do that to the best of my ability whether it's making dough whether it's um, front of the house whatever it is figure it out what it is i want to do and bring the people on and surround myself with a team to really fill out what else needs to be done within the business because I'm a huge believer that it's all about the team and the people that you surround yourself with to really create a special experience for the guest. When you have a team working, it goes back to the baseball thing. You have a team working together um, on a Friday night, everything's flowing in the kitchen. You have eight people working without even speaking to one another. The front of the house is flowing. That's the best feeling ever when you just see how much hard work has paid off and the teams came together. Restaurant again is called Long Bridge Pizzeria. It's in Dogpatch here in San Francisco, just south of downtown. Uh, Neil Denardi, thanks so much. Thank you, Steve. Enjoy your time out here. And I do hope those guys are doing well in the pandemic. Obviously, very different time than we interviewed Neil, but uh, big thanks to him for chatting with me about, uh, about his path. All right, coming up in two weeks, I finally sit down with Chicago's very own Pizza Padron. Some of our classic pies coming out of a wood-burning oven, being in transit is not great. One of the things is, okay, what pies maybe don't you offer? Or what pies now do we offer only in the house? The same thing with the antipasti. There's some things that don't have the legs to travel. Neapolitan guru Jonathan Goldsmith has committed his life in his later years to reproducing classic Neapolitan pies, but now he's wrestling with the possibility of electric ovens for to-go orders which goes against almost everything he's been promoting the past 15 years. My conversation with the owner of Spacanopoli in two weeks on August 28th. 
Remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts and please rate us. I would love to know what you like or dislike about the show. Always making changes. Uh, we're at Pizza City USA on Instagram. Our website is pizzacityusa.com. We are back up and running our weekly tours. Every weekend, we've got four tours, which is a little bit crazy, considering all the negative press Chicago has had recently. We've never had a problem with our tours, so, uh, and I am leading the bus tours myself. So, um, we'd love to have you guys, if you're going to be in Chicago, to come on a tour. Uh, we are back up and running those, so uh, check them out at PizzaCityUSA.com. You can sign up to be on our mailing list over at my website, which is Steve Dolinsky, that's with a Y, dot com. Bureaucratic wrote and performed our theme song, and just a reminder... Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Keep at least six feet apart. And please, please keep ordering pizzas while wearing a mask. Keep your favorites stirring afloat during this pandemic. We want to keep, we want to see those folks staying in business on the other side of this. Thanks for listening, everybody. And here is wishing you an optimal bite ratio, always. <laughs>